The self-destruct sequence has been activated. Repeat, the self-destruct sequence has been activated. This sequence may not be aborted. All employees proceed to the emergency car at the bottom platform. Nani? And then um, I take the audio separately and load it to SoundCloud or Hurt Radio, all the podcasty podcasting stuff. But go ahead. I, I wanted to actually hear. Um, I didn't even realize I cut you off during the one, three, and ten years. Oh, what were my? Um, put that down. Talk to the truth right there. <laughs> I'm gonna let you hear something from last night too. Um, Please. <laughs> I got you, but um, in three years. I hope to be through college, be can actually got the degree. I think I'm ready to go back to school, but I think I want to do physical therapist. Mm. When I say just right, that's just me. I'm that girl that loves sports. I'm your best friend. I'm every guy's best friend. So um, we could talk about y'all sports. dangerous. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> sports, and then like I say, I love sports, and then be able to, to be able to travel with a team. Mm-hmm. Go wherever I want to go. Go wherever you go. Yeah. For the free. Yeah, for the free, but then I'm, I love the game. So yeah. it's like, and I love I love anatomy. I really do. I love anatomy. So I look at it like I'm getting the best of both worlds. I'm getting to travel the world. I'm getting to mingle with star players, and you get a, you get to develop a relationship. I'm sure with them. So they get to know you. You get to know them, and I'm making good money. That is true. <laughs> so, that, that is a, so, a definite not that byproduct. the money not that the money matters, but it's a plus too. It's it's a benefit, I'll say, from doing what you're passionate about. Obviously, obviously, man, that is cool. Um, the funny thing, and I always, I don't want anyone listening to this to get the vibe that I'm saying her personality is dangerous. That's not what I mean. <laughs> um, I'll elaborate because I had somebody check me about that before. Wow. When I say dangerous, I mean it's rare. It it's is, rare. and so it's noticed as soon as it. Soon as you pop in the room mm-hmm. with people watching sports and you know what you're talking about, <laughs> it like clicks. Yeah, I got a cousin like that. Like, my cousin's a barber, Vince, and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter wherever the shop is. It's like, if he ain't seen me, he'd be like, hey, cuz, how you been? Uh, I'm good. I'm da 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 da. All right, so um, what you think about this game? And what, what you think about this player? And, what you, and the guys in there be like, that girl don't know nothing about no sports. I'm like, okay. What sport do you talk about? What do you want to talk about? What is it that you want to know? And then by the time it's over, they be like, man, who this girl is? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you said I didn't know anything. Right, <laughs> right. How long have you been a sportsman? All my life. I'm the son my dad never had. <laughs> never heard that arrangement never before. Never. I'm the son he never had. I mean, think about it. I'm a girl. We can watch sports. We can watch wrestling. We can do everything the boy can do. Except for I'm not a boy. <laughs> I'm a girl. So, I mean, the sport, the love of sports come from him watching mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, my dad played every sport. So wow. I did track. I did volleyball. Um, did a little basketball. So, it was in What uh, position? What, basketball? Mm-hmm. Shooting. Oh, all right. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. but The height. I can see that. Yeah. So, it is in the blood. Ain't nothing you can do. And my mom ran track, so the athletes definitely there. 
You're already a like bit. a damn Avenger already. Just <laughs> right. right. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Okay. Nah. Are you a dance girl? Mm, I wouldn't say dance girl, but I'm the only kid that my father has. So. Oh, you sport. Mm. I so you so you not the. I don't think so. Me and my coworkers have this conversation all the time. Really? Cause see, what you may define spoilers, I may not define it as. That is true. That is so, true. Um, was I blessed? Yes. Did I always get everything I wanted? Absolutely not. So oh, okay. how could I be spoiled if I didn't get everything I wanted? <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, I, I just get it, cause uh, I'm not a mama's boy. It was just. My mom was a single mom, and the the reason I got that 100% mindset of keeping it 100 is because that's how my mom does me. My mom doesn't lie to me, regardless. In fact, I found out it about... It takes too much work. And my mom being a nurse and stuff, she, she it's funny, she's an RN. So when you right, was talking so about... so you can't lie. Anytime I had a question, to. she would come to me with the rawest truth ever, because her thing was... She didn't want me to ask somebody else and get the wrong information. When I can give you the factual information up front. And it's coming from me. Right. Which means it's genuine because it's coming from me. Versus somebody giving you something that may not even be in your best interest. Facts. It may be to hurt you more than it is to help you. Right. It's, it's funny. I actually found out what sperm was when I was like six. <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember this cartoon, Beavis and Butthead. Yes. I just thought it was a cartoon. I just turned on to it, and that what was on. Man, and he said something about sperm, and I was like, hmm. "Sperm? No, it's my mom. Mom was sperm." And I asked this in front. We had guests, so you know when when parents have guests, you go back there, you go back watch TV. I come back down. I was like, "Mom, I have a question," and my mom will stop whatever she's doing to answer your question. What sperm? Place you could hear a rat piss on cotton. Place I'm sure. got quiet. I'm sure. Cause how do you tell a six-year-old what sperm is? And we had to talk right then, right, right there. there. I respect that. Most people don't do that. Yeah, yeah. So even as an early age, when she was studying to be a nurse, because my earliest memory was her being an LPN mm-hmm. and going into you know being an RN. She would let me look in her medical books as much as I wanted. She'd be studying. I'd be looking in one of her books. Just hey, what's this? Oh, that's cholera. That's Ebola. But think about it. You was helping her even when you weren't trying to. Facts. Because you're brushing her back up on things in which I wouldn't even say she forgot. But, you know, you're trying to retain so much information. It's true. So that's just knowledge to see if you still, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Still got it. So being that, coming from that, and seeing that I didn't have to ask her stuff twice, it was cool with me. So I was like, let me reciprocate that. So now I do that for my nieces. That's refreshing. It is. It is. Because not only do I get to be the cool uncle, but I get to be the truthful uncle. I get to, I look at that, too, and I look at it as I make it comfortable enough for you that if you can't go tomorrow, you can come to me. Exactly. And I definitely know I have that relationship. So long as I have that relationship, I cherish that relationship. Mm -hmm. In any way, shape, or form that I can help you, I'm going to do that. Tenfold. I don't need you to even tell me. I just need you to let me know what I can help you with. And I'm more than happy to help. All right. Hey, yeah, because I definitely feel like we have that responsibility because, no disrespect, parents have a lot to deal with, have a lot to juggle with being the primary caregiver (laughs) and providing. Right. So it also takes a village to raise a child. It's true for them to be well-rounded. There you you go. And I tell my mom that 
I'd be like, it ain't. I ain't gonna never say you were a bad mom, but just know whatever you felt like or maybe you feel like you didn't teach me, like, damn, she still got it because I got it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it ain't to say you weren't a great parent because you were, but that was somebody, even when you fell short, I always had somebody. Hey, and I think that's important. Like like you were saying earlier, we, at, with this time, we have to come out of that mindset again that what happens in this house stays in this house. Yes. It don't work like that no more. Unfortunately, right. people aren't preying on people right. because of that. So, and if you need the help, go get you some help. It ain't nothing wrong with going to sit down with no shit. We just shun. We as black people, we shun the negative light on so many wrong things. It's like, well, you putting a negative connotation on something that benefits somebody. Right, mental health. Uh, benefits somebody. You gonna uh, tell them that they shouldn't do it, so right. you want them to stay in the state of mind that they in. Fact. Fact. I, I, it's funny. I had to come out of that mindset recently. I had an, I had a psyche valve done, um, a few months back so I could do a surgery. And, um, I was so uncomfortable and I realized that the only reason I'm uncomfortable is because I haven't done this enough, you know, haven't shared my thoughts with outside parties, you know, Mm-hmm. We carry a lot of weight with us as black people, period. Right. Because we look at life through a different lens already, a more, right. um, I hate to say it, more realistic, more. But you've gone through more. Right. It's like it's a little bit more harsh. It is. You've gone, and that's black. what makes me mad with us because for everything we've gone through as people, we still are in the mindset of that slavery mentality. Oh. Like, we don't... White folks, they help they folks. I mean, white people, they really... They got each other's back, even if they're not seeing eye to eye. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to find that common ground to say, hey, you made me mad, but I still got your back. Mm-hmm. And all the time, we can come together as a funeral. Somebody get married. Something mm-hmm. like that. Like, why can't this be genuine? Mm-hmm. They get together just because. I mean, I had that conversation with, I wrote a piece like that. I don't know. I was just talking to, like I said, a lot of thought for the days and a lot of writings that I actually come up with. There are previous conversations that I be shared with somebody else. So I look at it like, like one of my friends was like, Kim, we black. But you know what? White folks don't look at shit the way we look at it. And I was like, nah, she was like, think about it. I asked somebody else that. I said, do you really think realistically we look at this, we look at something that's happened to baby the same way they do? We don't. How do we plan? We look at it. If we do a baby shower, we plan it for the baby. These folks be not already saved up for a child's, you know what I'm saying, college fund. And yet, we mm-hmm. sit on this bitch pussyfooting around. Talking about we, we doing something. We ain't did nothing. I don't want, not that I don't want to pressure my child to, you know what I'm saying, get the scholarship. But even if they don't get it, I still want to be able to provide it for them. Plan to say B, they got plan it. C, plan D. Right, to plan say they F. got it. Fact. And we don't get that. We don't do that always. I hate that. You just got to look at it differently. I look at that. I look at we. Another thing that we do is at 18, you got to get out. Why are you pushing the right Why <laughs> don't do that? Ooh, man. Sam, Billy, Andrew, they can stay as long as they want. But I'd rather you let me stay to try to figure it out than for me to go out there and I'm failing. And then I'd have failed because you didn't push me out there too soon. Because I wasn't ready. 
Like, have you mentally prepared me? No type. I mean, some people work well under pressure, and a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. So, if you fail to a degree, I fail because you didn't prepare me. Because you didn't do everything I was to teach me. So, is it really my fault? Or did I not have a great instructor? Mm. It's funny, that's in the Art of War. Uh, it mentions that if instructions aren't clear uh, how do the you first think time. You Come on. Mm-hmm. It's the I fault of the general. Book, but how, how do you expect me to understand? And you got to mean what you say. You can't say one thing and then mean something completely different. Ooh. You can't say, well, I meant you can stay as long as you do this. No. Tell me what it is and what you, what you really Make really, it plain. Right. So I can understand that I don't have to question, doubt, or, well, she may have meant this. No kind of clarity because you you weren't upfront enough to tell me. So I'm thinking on, well, did you mean this? Did you mean that? Now it's up to interpretation. Right. Right. And that ain't always good either because I still, again, make the wrong choice because I interpreted something wrong. But if you would have just told me openly and vaguely what it was, I could be mad, but I could still respect it. Fact. Because you told me versus somebody not telling me. I'm going to be even madder if you don't keep it real with me because I keep it real with you. So why you can't give me that back? It need to be reciprocated. Mm. So that's just a few things I look at like. Can I pause a, pose a thought to you? Because sure. um, New Minds uh, had an anti-bullying event, which is why I had my niece okay. for the weekend. Um, I took all of my nieces to this, except my oldest one. She's out of town. But I took them all to this event. It was about bullying because, one, I know that they've... A couple of them I know are bullies. I'm going to be honest with you. And one of you them... You know that they are? Are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted too. them to go. <laughs> See? Yeah, um... <laughs> I dealt with that with my oldest. I think my my baby nephew, he goes through that too. But it's crazy because I can't really relate. I think it makes me, when I've talked to my oldest about that, I was like, man, like, that's really, Kendall, you wouldn't think about that, but that's really how you can make a person feel. Like, you didn't consider that when you were just teasing them. See, it's all fun and games for the person that's on the outside that's doing the bullying, but you don't know. How severe it is mentally for the person that's going through that. Fact. So, it's, that just definitely opened my eyes up. Because it's like, whoa. It's it's funny. Um, this The way it was posed to us was this. Um, people are afraid to discuss or come forward if they're being bullied. And I thought about it. Why are they afraid to, to come forward? And... It clicked to me during. But is it that they are scared to come forward, or is it just the signs? Because I'm sure there are signs that are there. There are. People just are ignored. Right. And and then a lot of times, a lot of people are preoccupied. Parents, a lot of times, and us, uncles, aunties, we are preoccupied with life. And I was, I put this randomly popped in my head, and I said it during the panel. We instill this culture of no tattling, no snitching. But at the same time, how can we? It's a contradiction. Exactly. How can we instill that, but expect them to go and tell someone that they're being bullied? We just told them not to snitch. That's we just like told telling them. a child you can you can go out there and be all you want to be, but then you already have in your mindset of what you want them to be. So is it really what I want to be? Is it what you want me to be? Fact. Because you're living your life vicariously through me. Fact. I don't know. 
How do, how do we conquer that? How is is it is it the conversations now that we're having now with folks? I definitely with folks? think so. I definitely think so. The younger, the better. Because um, I'm not sure if you've seen the movie The Hate You Give. I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it. I read it and I saw it. Um, I saw it before I read it. So when I was reading it, I'm hearing the child, the chick, the females, I can't call her name, who's going through all this stuff. And um, it's, to me, it's like, it makes you see how important it is to talk to your children mm-hmm. and keep them as up to date on what's going on around them as much as you can. Not that you can change nothing, but if I can inform you of what to expect, you can know how to maneuver around it. Mm-hmm. I ain't saying do do like this, do like this. No, what I'm I'm telling you how you can move around it. Now it's up to you how you choose to maneuver, but I I let the guidelines be right there, so you can't say, "Well, mom, you ain't never said y'all did." Mm-hmm. I never want my kids to be like, "Well, you said this, but you meant this." No, don't tell me what I meant. Because I'm going to give it to you right there. And that's going to be what I said. And that's going to be what I meant. And you ain't got to question it. But the earlier you have conversations with kids. Yeah. And I say the earliest because it, what that movie made me realize is. If he had those kind of conversations with those kids. At their age. And then fast forward to the age they are now. They could still memorize. He made sure that they knew their stuff. So. If I make you memorize it. It's like school. Mm-hmm. You going to retain it. And it may not make sense at, you know what I'm saying? Then. But, oh, how I get real when you, you know what I'm saying, you're faced with it. So, you're going to rise or you're going to fall. It's funny. Um, I've, I've faced with that a lot growing up, like especially as a boy. Um, I was taught a lot of things. I, did, I didn't have my father in my life. So, um, I gravitated to my uncles a lot. So they'd be together working on cars and stuff. And my mom be like, don't be in the house. Go see what they're doing. Just go be around. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, it's hot out there. I don't want to. <laughs> it's like 1,100 degrees out there. Why well, I got to stand there and look at the car? But as I grew up, it's certain stuff that I know now that a lot of kids don't know. Like, I saw, and this I see this on Facebook all the time. But one time I was coming back from Huntsville. I went mm-hmm. to Alabama A&M. Okay. So I would drive from Huntsville to Mobile. I saw a young lady changing a tire. But what made me stop was that she was trying to, she was about to jack up the tire mm-hmm. before loosening Loosen the lug nuts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. Like that's Hopped off the exit, came all the way back around, got behind Yeah, because that's an accident waiting to happen. Nigga sitting in the car. But you know what? My dad's a mechanic. And um, my dad going to tell you just like this. I want you to be in those kind of situations, Kendall. Not because it hurts your feelings. But it's more so to make you see the man in which you call your boyfriend. If that nigga can't change the tie, that ain't the nigga for you. That's right. And if you can't help me change no tie, you probably can't help me pay no bill. <laughs> so then, why do I need you again? Right. You probably don't. Right. And I think the part that made me the most mad is was he didn't get out the car till I got out the car. Mm. 
So you just gonna so you knew you just gonna sit there and let her do it. That's kind of cowardly. Ain't no kinda. Ain't no kinda. Yeah. Ain't no kinda. It's definitely be smooth because you sitting there letting her do all the work. The roles to kind of be reversed, I would think. But man, I wouldn't. It, the only thing you need to be doing is calling whoever and telling them where I'm at. Right. right. That's it. Sit in the car. I don't even want you out here. This car's passing by. You know what I'm saying? So anything could happen. You know? That just... And I'm sitting in the passenger side. Cause like... That's something now. That, that, <laughs> not to sound old school, but it cooked my goose. It pissed me off so bad. I'm like, nigga, you sitting in... And then the dude was my age. Like... So what what, what excuse back. you had? You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe he weren't taught like you. That's clearly what I can get from him. Everybody, everybody cut from a different cloth. You know what? You're right. And at the same time, I feel like I can give you a little bit of slack, like a half an inch of slack for that yeah. if you weren't taught. But at the same time, something has to click. Like, I'm upset with the women that let it happen now. Like, it's it's like, okay, you didn't know. Okay, why didn't you say something? You know, like, you have to know. Like, I've, I've actually, it's so crazy now, Kenda. It's so fucked up right now. We can cuss now. It, it's so fucked up now that I get pushback for holding, like, I'll hold the door for a woman if she's behind me. I had a woman stand there and wait. It was like, I could do it myself. Hmm. So it's like. You, you can't pick man. and choose. You either got you got to have chivalry on, or you got to have it off. But you if it's turned off, man, but you don't want me to man. You still want to be independent at the same time. So, and I'm cool with you balance. being independent. Do you? Do you be the best you you can be? Because when you, if you meet somebody, because you ain't necessarily got to meet a man to be in complete, right? Be, achieve completeness by yourself first, Agreed. then meet someone and compliment right. each other. Don't make me feel less. Yeah, for exactly playing a role that I'm raised to be. For a role that you're supposed to be. And yet you ripped me on my title. And I just... And I don't even advocate for... I can't, I can't even vent properly sometimes. As a man, I'm going to tell you why. This is what happens. And I get so tired of this. And I go through this a lot through this podcast... I recently posted one time on, on my on my page okay. that um it was a list of things that mm-hmm. people go through and it was like it said black men go through abuse uh, depression just all this and I shared it on the podcast page the mm-hmm. very first response women go through this too I'm not downplaying that I understand that I actually agree with that but that's not what I said what I said is we go through this and I made the comparison that what you're doing to my statement is what white people do to black lives matter they do cause it's like you you overlook what I just said to compensate what you got going on you're listening to reply rather than to listen to what I'm saying right so my words are falling on deaf ears for the most part I feel like that's where we at right now we definitely do we definitely do I don't even know how to turn from this and I just be like, God. You ever get so frustrated trying to relay a, t- something that you just, you know, don't fuck even it. Worry about it. Yeah. Just, you hit yeah. the fuck it part. Yep. Because it's frustrating. Very much so. Because I, I feel like if I'm 
relaying it the way I should, you will agree with me, but you don't want to say you agree. So it's easy to be like, I get it, bud. Oh, I can't stand that. I can't stand that. <laughs> I feel that. you, bud. That right there. That right there. <laughs> that right there. So I'd be like, isn't it you feel me or? I call that the emotional response to a logical situation. And when I get to that point with someone, I just stop arguing. Because no matter what, it could be like, you're right, but I feel like. And then it's just, okay. So I, I it, it doesn't even matter what I said at that point. I, I run into that a lot when I'm dating. Yes. I run into that a lot. And that's probably why I'm single. Because I, t- I oftentimes tell people that I'm single because I choose to be single. Not because I, I've never been that woman that feels like I need a man to validate me. But what a lot of people don't do is when they get into relationships or they get out of them. They do it like taxes. You get one, all right, I'm just right. And next 15, another one going to come. And so, mm. you know, I'm not, I can't expect you to love me if I don't love me the proper way. Fact. So if I don't know me, how could I expect you to get to know me? You can't help me know me if I don't even know me. I'm lost before your ass even gets there. <laughs> so, no. We can't both be needing a GPS to find my own fucking heart. No. We can't. So, I'd rather take the times and the steps to get to know me as well as I possibly can without having to look for nothing. Because when you look, you find crap. But when it finds you... I think it's more special. So I'd rather mm. wait for whatever God has in store for me than to be out there. Okay. All right. Let's see what you got. No. And then I'm not getting any younger. I'll be 30 next next year. I look at it as, okay, it's time out for certain things. It's a certain age that you say, it's time to grow the fuck up. Mm. I don't have time for games. Not that I play them hoes anyway because I'm very <laughs> straightforward. So what you see is what you get with me. So why do why sit there and play games? I just, you can say that for your mom and them because I ain't got time. Bye. I get why they call you scrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't have time for it. I really, really don't. So um, take it or leave it. And I always tell people that like I have a lot going on. I'm a busy. I'm a busy young. I'm a busy young lady. And if you can't understand what I have going on. I ain't saying you can't be a part of it, but if you can't understand what I have going on, and you're not going to support me wholeheartedly, mm. I don't need you in my corner. I'm okay. Because I don't, like I say, I don't need somebody to validate me. I know me well enough to say, hey, Kenna, we're going to be all right. We've been doing it all the time. We're going to be fine. I've never been that girl. That's why it frustrates me when women, when they be like, I just got to have somebody. No, the fuck you don't. You're going to die by your motherfucking self. What you mean you, you got to have somebody? You came in this world by yourself. Why you got to have somebody? Because somebody fucked you up in, in the head to make you feel like you got to have that. It's it's like, to me, it's like dieting. You tell yourself, you got to have this. No, you don't. You can survive without it. You just right. mentally tell yourself. It's what you want. Right. We all want a lot of stuff. I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> we won't. But are, what are we doing to get that one? Ooh. We, we ain't putting the work in, but we won't. We want all this, but we don't see what goes behind the curtains mm-hmm. of what everything in which we want. So you got to be careful with what you say you want. And then when you want what you want, then you get it. Well, 
You don't know what to do with it. You don't appreciate it. Right. You devalue it. So, is that really what you wanted? Because you said you wanted it. And then you got it. And God bless you with it. And then you said, well, I don't know what to do with it. But that's what you wanted, right? Mm. So, he blessed you with what you wanted. Just to show you, you really didn't know what you wanted. Mm. So... I have a theory about that. I'm going to pose this to you. I'm sorry if I'm keeping you. Oh, you good? Um, I just, I love these conversations. This is why I love podcasting. <laughs> this right here is why. I posted the other day on Facebook. I was doing some deep meditating. I meditate now. Okay. Works wonders for you, boy. Keeps me, keeps me cool. Keeps me, you know, with all this going on, cops busting in, shooting niggas on their couch right. eating ice cream and getting 10 years. I've had to digress a lot, a lot. I was thinking about success, the idea of success. Idea of success is wholly dependent upon how happy you are. Right. What you perceive as happy. Right. If you're fine with your lights being on, enjoying life, having a couple dollars in your pocket to go out out of town, maybe Pensacola, maybe New Orleans every now and again, you're successful. You're doing what you do. You're enjoying what you're doing. You're enjoying life. It has nothing to do with materials. Absolutely nothing. And the reason I came to that conclusion was this. We always get caught up, black people, I feel like we misinterpret God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. You ain't got to explain. I already know what you <laughs> I feel like people think God is this white man with a beard wrapped in some kind of ancestral robe. I think God is a force. I think God has no shape. If, I, if God was personified, I think of the galaxy just there just existence when god blesses you with something i think it's something deeper than that i don't think i don't think he says here's the keys to your car i blessed you with that car no i think when god blesses you with something he blesses you with the ability to attain it he blesses you with the ability to have a job i think he blesses you with the ability to complete the hours i think he blesses you with health to live through the paycheck safely And then you have the choice or the chance to save and do what's necessary and Mm -hmm. discern how you spend money. Mm -hmm. I think we place too much of our own shortcomings on God as limitations. And that's not how it works. God created opportunity for you to do what you want and achieve the desires of your heart. Especially if you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Exactly. I wrote the other day that what if... You pray and ask God for the same thing every day. And then one day God says, you know what? I gave you something called ambition and drive. How would you respond? And somebody, and someone from an associate podcast, I call them my podcast cousins, uh, Controversial Chronicles. Give them a follow if you get a chance. They're hilarious. Um, She put, I don't see how that would help me. And she was joking because I know her. I know she was joking. But there are a lot of people that see that and probably think she's being literal because that's how they would feel Mm -hmm. i feel like when you tell a child the world is your oyster you know you can do whatever you want to do i think god thinks the same way Mm -hmm. true you're going to meet obstacles people are going to try and block you yeah that's why when you ask me that question about obstacles i it's like yeah i had them yeah i got over yeah they're gonna keep coming right (laughs) so how do you really you're never really going to overcome an obstacle because when you're overcoming that one, you're hit with another one. And you're hit with another one. And you're hit with another one. I think it's just define the person that you are 
throughout life because how you may be challenged by this obstacle, you're not going to come up with the same results on this exactly. obstacle. So you're definitely going to be changed by it. That's the exact reason why I asked that question. I feel like a lot of success interviews or like interviews and involving people who do something now that they're passionate about, like you, I think we just see the forefront of it. We see the lights, we see the cameras, we see y'all we dressed see up spitting. Work. We don't see the hard work that's being We don't see how y'all navigated through the tough shit y'all right. went through. That's why I put that right. question in there. Because I feel like when I think of obstacles and how you are, I think of water running down a mountain. There's all kind of jagged edges and mm -hmm. things, but water will always find its own way around it. Always. So right. that's how you have to be if you want to be successful. Now, if you don't want to be successful, yeah, that's on complacent. you. That's, you can be complacent. Please, you know, that's on you. But don't have the audacity to blame God on that. Don't have, don't be like, well, mm -hmm. I'm just waiting on God to bless me with such and such. Nah, cuz, go and get it. Go and get it. That's that's how it is. He, I feel like he blessed you every day. See, and he woke you up. He Nigga, didn't have what? to do that. <laughs> and you still, I don't know. That make me think. Like, like I say, we want, we want what we want. But are we doing what we have to do? We want what we want, but we don't want what we want. We want what we want, but we don't want to work for it. We want what we want to a degree, but we don't want to put the work in for it. So, do you really want it? Cause saying you want it. And then when the word come in, that's a good one. Right. <laughs> so uh, it's funny to me. It's it's funny to me on levels because when when you achieve it, right? Other people look at you and be like, Oh, that's what's up, man. I'm proud of you. That that's what's up. But in the back of your mind, you're like, Yeah, man, man, y'all have no idea how much I had to endure with this shit. Like, man, if y'all only knew, like it, it I'm happy. It, it makes it the accomplishments. Make what you be done went through. It's just validated. But then at mm -hmm. the same time, you can't tend to forget what you went through to get there. And I feel like a lot of a lot of successful people, they get caught up in that whirlwind of, oh, well, I went through this and I got it and I made it and that's it. Right. No. You got to tell them. No, it don't. It don't stop. It's like a relationship. You got to do what you got to do. Whatever you did together, you got to keep, keep it. it right. And if you really, really want that, you're going to keep scribing. So how successful is successful? Is it a, is it a. That's a good question. I mean, because what, what do you, what you may consider as success, I may not consider that as success. Based on the level of ambition, like right. how much do you want? Right. And my shit is infinity because I'm never, you never really go, <laughs> I ain't. I know that sound, cause to some people that may sound greedy, but mm -mm. I don't look at it as that. Is I wanna I wanna be as as much. I feel like my hands are in a lot of different things, okay. so I don't wanna be limited and told, well, you can't do this and this, and you can't do this and this. I'm doing it, and I'm doing just fine at it. So don't tell me what I can and can't do, cause you can't. You ain't God. So mm. with that being said, you can't define my success for me. Only I can. So like I say, how successful is successful? You may be you may you may be successful with the eighty thousand, seventy five thousand dollar job. But then you got some people that feel like they wanna be higher than that. And they gonna keep trying to get higher than that. So how you define success and how someone else defines it, it's completely different. 
hmm. success can go as far as you want it to go. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it can go as far as you want it to go. When I that's like people think I I'm a I'm a thinker. I, I I just sit down and oh, literally just think me all too. day. And I get criticized for that because people really in the year. Yeah, because I look at certain situations. I I, t- I tend to look at the good, the bad, the stuff that people don't want to look at. So to some of my friends, they be like, "You overthinking it." Nah, you ain't thinking about it enough. I'd rather be somebody that's overthinking something and be to look at all aspects of it as a whole mm-hmm. than to only be looking at it from one side. Respect. Respect. So that make me overthinker. It didn't do me didn't do anything to me. <laughs> right. It only made me a better person. So and I'm still growing into the individual that I want to be. Are there things and flaws that I have? Most definitely. I'm not perfect by far. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanna be perfect in whatever I strive to do. I may not be perfect as a human, but everything that I touch my hands on it's never going to be perfect, but I want to orchestrate it as damn near to perfection as I can get. Okay. So, whatever I can do to do this, if my hand's on it, it's going to be. If I can get it structured the way I want it to go, long as I can. <laughs> it right. ain't going to be perfect, but it's going to be damn near. All right, Queen Midas. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> nah, so, I mean, the conversation that we have, that's why I really, I looked at the questions, but I was like, I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Not that I do it all the time, but I have these. When I say I do it all the time, I have these open dialect conversations with people all the time. And it's preferably my friends. So I just looked at it like I'm just talking with one of my friends. I, I be me. I ain't got to worry about trying to impress anybody because if you know me, you know how I am. And if you don't know me, you can get to know me. Like now. So. <laughs> like right. now. So, I mean. I'm pretty cool, pretty cool down there, but I ain't gonna take no shit off nobody. Respect, respect. I won't. Nobody. I, I, <laughs> I like that. Um, cause the number one thing I worry about. Oh my bad. Yeah. Oh, you I, can, I can talk your head off, kid. Um, number one thing I worry about when recording. And it's funny you brought this up. I always, like I told you, transition into the interview because people are nervous. Like they're like, oh, it's my first time talking to him. And it's kind of awkward just to start with an interview because one, the uhs and, uh, you know, you can kind (laughs) of catch them off guard. Well, and that's something I didn't want to do. I don't want to, you don't want to be uh, because like you say, you make them comfortable as possible. Mm -hmm. You want to make them comfortable. And I like to ask people questions that, you know, they're going to challenge you. But at the same time, it gives me ideology of who you are. Right. So to know what your thoughts is on this or to know what your thoughts is on that. Like, I know you do this, but what about, what are your thoughts on this? Just to, just to pique your interest. Just to right. let me know who I'm dealing with. Right. And uh, it's funny. I used to, uh, I, I usually ask the same questions over and over. And, and I'm like glad you got out of that. I'm glad you got out of it. Because I was looking at that too. I was like, man, this podcast, I said he asked. And granted, everybody's going to ask, answer the questions differently. differently. Mm-hmm. But strategically, you can't keep asking everybody the same. Like and like you did today, you just threw random questions out there. Like I said, I I was just like, I'm just gonna be me, bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I'm glad you was receptive to it too, cause oh, yeah. I didn't want you to have like a a format in mind and then nah, because I mean, from with this one? <laughs> nah, I cause I look at it like this, like you say, you're a thinker. I'm a thinker. So 
whatever you ask me, it causes me to think mm-hmm. to some degree. I just have to answer the question to my best ability. There's no right. There's no wrong. Fact. So how hard could it be? I think the thing that I'm, I mainly look for is um, I like to try to find that one story that make you jog a memory that triggers an emotion. Yeah. And I like capturing that yeah. because when I release these, I take care of each interview. Like, I don't work on two interviews at one time. I never do because I don't want to carry that energy for that interview right, into to the next. next one. So I literally work each with one, each. release it, flush, meditate, come to the next one, work on that one. Because you might have a recurring theme in yours that's completely right. different than theirs. Right. And um, I... I specialize in drawing that and I feed off that emotion. It's like... Right. I feel like as long as somebody willing to give you... Like, it, when it comes to that interviewing thing, you got to give me some. I got to give you some. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a give-take thing. But long as you make the comfortable... long as you make the person comfortable, you're good. The conversation... Right. The conversation shouldn't be hard because, like I say, they questions about you. How hard could it be? And that's what... That's what I was telling... I call her my white mom at work. She's like... Where are you going? I was like, I gotta go do an interview for a podcast. She's like, Are you nervous? I said, No. She said, Why? I said, Because it's not like I'm studying for a test or anything. Like, I'm my own test. It's, I think I already got the answer. So. Right. You've lived it. Right. It's me. And she's like, You're just so fucking smart. I said, No. I don't think I'm smart because of that. But I do. I don't look at it like everybody think. Like, some people probably was like, oh, I'm nervous. It's that third. It's just a normal conversation. Yeah, people do freeze a lot. And um, what I had to learn was, like, it's funny you say that. You give, I give. Um, my first few interviews were terrible because I was so monotonous. I was so sit up straight, talk <laughs> like this was a job interview. And then after a while, I'm like, you're gonna, right? Right. I'm sir. Right. So the energy you bring as you... I have to reciprocate that and be right. the, the best sir right. I could be. And then I like to think the stage helps with that too for me. Mm. Because, like I say, I don't know, the show last night, I think. Man. You just going to rub that in my face no, today. No, they were talking. You, <laughs> when I looked at my phone, everybody was like, Kinda, like, you kicked ass last night. And I think that was. I want to say that's one of my favorite shows, but I don't want to say that. You got my a piece? Let me let me let me hear. Oh, it, you want? No, nah, I give you a piece. You want just want me to give you something from last night? Yeah, shit. Okay, we're um, doing. Okay, Young Gunner is what they call me, mm-hmm. but it's always more than what the eye tends to meet. I know that when you see these glasses, you may think I'm some type of geek, but in actuality, I possess an inner freak. You see, I'm classless in between these sheets. I'll take you places that hell you didn't even know you could reach. Mm. Better yet, I want to take you on an adventure. I want to have you, 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 and you dicks up at an attention. You see, I want to take you as high as you're willing to go. I want to have your orgasms multiplying. I want your face in between my thighs. I want your lips and your hands all over my behind shit. I want everything and more. Everything you don't think you could give. Because y'all gonna be involved, but I promise to give you something that you could feel. And this is an erotic show, so I gotta keep it all the way real. So shh, I need all lips sealed. <sighs> okay. I so badly want to write a love poem, but that's not gonna get your attention. And I need you just to know just how serious this really is. Nigga, I will suck you dehydrated. 
I want your pores to open and close so that these pussy juices will exfoliate your skin. I want to go down on you and do things with my mouth that I have you waking up in another time zone. You see, this is serious. I just want you to know a few things before entering the bedroom. I'm number one. And anyone else before me was just foreplay. Mm. Tell your knees to keep FEMA on speed dial. Because once you feel this moisture, this wetness, you're bound to flash flood my throat. Overspill on my face and then sit down for the next couple of days. You see, help will not come for you. Then I want you to call your counselor. Because the way my mouth, throat, and tongue are synced with direction, it would have you questioning life and what to do about your current situation. <laughs> you see, you will experience intense REM, rapid ejaculatory moments. Then and only then do I want you to call your pastor. Because once these lips are on you, your soul will leave your chest. And I just want to make sure it has a comfortable place to rest. I want you to know that when you enter, I will be wet in the A-gathers of your Windex so mm. that your stroke will leave no streaks. May the fruits of our labor consist of sweet pineapples. I can make you bust, and it'll feel like Mandela's first freedom step. Ooh. Let it flow. Call me your Mac Cafe. Let's brew our own coffee. My mouth being a cup full of latte, your cream on top. You see, shit, Starbucks ain't got nothing on us. That's it. Hey. <laughs> shit. Ain't no All right, girl. About the last. Hey. <sighs> All right. God damn. All right. Yeah. You know, shit. <laughs> damn. <laughs> you, shit, I need a black. Oh, no, man. man. You stupid. <laughs> Lord have yeah, mercy. That was, that was dope. Man. Yeah. What time did everything stop? Because I think it, what y'all started at 8? We started a little later. I want to say right at 9. Mm. Um, let people go. Maybe 8.45-ish. Okay. And let people go probably roughly by right at 10.45, 11. Oh, man. Not bad at all. So, nice little vibe. Nice. Damn. Nice vibe. Oh, I, I hate I missed music, it, man. Music with it. That, with that it. makes it better. Right. It gives Shit. you that vibe. So, I don't know. It was a good show last night. Like I say, they made me feel good. Last night was a special show, I would say, though, because I had a lot of people there. Crazy, because family came. You got cousins that never heard me. Hmm. And then they do what <laughs> did. And I rewind, by, I know about so many Ooh. times off just that first piece. Mm-hmm. So then you got family. I had one um one of my middle school um friends that reached out and was like, I'm coming to a board show and I was like, Okay. So she came, then I had former coworkers that no longer work at Samsung. At least about three or four of them. And then they brought their fiancés and brothers and so you had then you had current coworkers. So <laughs> I had a pretty great night I would say. And like I said, my podcast and shit with that, I mean, you can't have all these people. My thing is this. You can't have all these people here and you not do what the fuck you got to do. Preach. You have so, to. I don't know. I need to tell myself that shit every time because I need to act like they in the crowd every goddamn show. Because I don't know what I was on last night, but it was just a vibe. Like, But I can tell I, ha- I had practiced this. I had made sure that I was prepared for it. And I think that's just what it's all about. Like, that unity. We got new members, so you want to mm-hmm. make sure... They're comfortable, you know what I'm saying? Whatever we talking about, that they comfortable, that they see what it is in which we're all about as an organization, and you want them to dive in it wholeheartedly as you did. Gotta set the standard. So, gotta set the ball. 
That's mm-hmm. how I look at it. So. Respect. Respect, man. But, I, like I say, I was... I couldn't ask for a better show last night, I could say. Like, everybody, like, everybody giving me kudos, but I feel like everybody had their own individual segment where they shined at. Mm-hmm. So, let's not make it all about me, because it's a group effort. So, granted, everybody did their damn thing last night. That's how I look at it. I mean, I had... I feel like I almost orchestrated this shit, because I did. Like, I got the band... I pick models. I um wait decorate. wait wait models. Mm-hmm. I had one of my friends as a female model, and then I was looking for guys. And Unray, who usually takes the pictures, he mm-hmm. gave me names, and so I just hit the guys up, and I got one response that I was like, "Oh, I can't, gotta get," it. and he did it. So he That's came dope. through. Um, I decorated the building, so I wow. mean, <laughs> I kind of had my hands all over this, so. It was fun. It definitely was fun. It's funny. It's kind of funny. I, um, I think when you have so much to do with the show and you're just satisfied with the overall result of it, just being a success as a whole, I think that shows what kind of person you are overall. Yeah, but I mean, could it have been greater? Yes. I mean, I look at it like this. We're going to have a conference call. I mean, um, what happens is what happens. You always, my thing is every year you want to mm-hmm. go up a notch. So, let's crank it up. I, I, <laughs> and I mean, it's, we've been on hiatus, so I'm like, it's, it's time to peek back. Mm-hmm. Y'all damn sure did the thing. <laughs> um, like, every time I come to, to see y'all, I'm always left like, shit, man. Like... <laughs> Well, that's a good thing. I mean, I feel like, like I say, I'm, I'm still, I'm still learning this group, and I'm still trying to place my foot around here. If that makes sense, because that may sound crazy, but I got, I know alone, Salome, K. Marie, P.J., Hiram, Queen, Lendrick, Zendor, Ebony. I say I'm trying to place my feet because. I'm still trying to figure out who Gunner is, so I'm still oh, I I'm still you. trying to get Gunner. And granted, all those people I name have something that I could use as far as making Gunner greater. Mm-hmm. Every last one of those people, and whatever they can help to enhance her, that's even better. And whatever I can enhance in them, that's even better. So that's how I look at it when I say I'm steady trying to place my feet because. I'm around some talented motherfuckers. And I refuse to fold because I'm around some talented motherfuckers. That can only make me stronger. And I think last night is like, oh, okay. This is what it could potentially be. That's all that is. Mm. So that's what I mean when I say I'm trying to place my feet because you're around some dope poets. And it forces you to push that pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it forces you. But I hadn't. Like we had we had rehearsals, but Kay and PJ hadn't nor Salon, nor Queen, nor Hiram had heard what I what I was had? gonna do. But Lendrick, Sindor, and um Ebony knew. So but then they really didn't know because I held that last piece until the last mm. rehearsal. So I, I just was trying to figure it out okay. and touch on it. The crazy thing is I didn't even do everything I had in my bag of tricks. What? No. Can we talk about it? Sure. Um, 
I had a track that I had called Make Love. So um, I wanted to do that track, but the individual that I had on the track was going to be out of town. So I had to push back. And I was like, it's cool. I was like, it's cool. Because then you save that for another another time. But it's so many ideas running through my mind just based off this show. And this show right here to me, it's like, okay, that solidified what you could potentially be in black on black round for Mobile. Like power lines, you can't, I can't take nothing from those poets. They're great poets too. But we better. And there's no disrespect. And we may not be better in Mobile, but this chain that I wear, this shirt that I wear, we've been around 20 plus years. I don't know how long they've been around, but 20 plus, that speaks volume to me. And some of the best are the best. I mean, your Sonny's, all them people, Sonny, Shakespeare, Ebony, it's just the name of few. They all have been affiliates of this mm-hmm. organization. So, you know what the potential that I'm around? Like I say, no disrespect to them. They do their damn thing. But how they structure their shows and people come out and it, it be packed, that's what I want. Right. Period. Every show. Not just some shows. Every show. So my thing is, the level of success we got tonight, how do we get that on a consistent basis? I like that. How do we get that on a consistent basis? And, and there's nothing wrong. No, it's definitely as, not nothing wrong. I think, mm-hmm. but... When I look at power lines, it's everything is structured strategically. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, I'm going to put a video out, structured, structured the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, community work, they tell you what they're doing. Sure. Structure. Not that we don't do that, but they have a better structure as far as how they go about doing it. They reach, they reach levels that apparently we haven't gotten to yet as far as here. And I'm just saying, okay, how do we get that? Mm-hmm. Cause I've done it. I've hit schools. I've done Lafleur. I've done, I've done Viger. But it's one to me. It's one thing to do poetry. I've done Callaway. Callaway was my first school. You know, it's one thing to hit schools. But then I didn't even think the poetry was that serious until I got Callaway. That was my first one, and I was like, them cheering gravitate to me. I was like, whoa. It's a little bit different than what I thought it was going to be. Because <laughs> I didn't expect them to gravitate to me. And kids like, can I have your autograph? And Ooh, like, that no. that's one. That's one. I was like, that's no, one. I'm just a normal, normal, normal person. And then I did LaFleur's Black History last year. And that being my alma mater is like, oh, shit. And then I did it in a, in the gymnasium. And I'm turning like the roar. It's crazy, but it feel good because that's the school you went to, and they cheering for you. And then the next day you have Viger, and they do the same thing. You didn't even go to Viger. Mm-hmm. My dad did. My dad think he was slick. He popped up in the audience and came. So and my and I had two cousins that graduated from Viger, and my little cousin she was like, "Is something you need to tell me?" And I was like, "No." She's like, "Kendall, I'm introducing you. It is something you need to tell me." And I was like, "Oh shit." Oh, well, I'm performing. That's it. Mm. So, I mean, when it when it hits them, I got something. And it's one thing, to me, it's important that the arts, you need to hit every, at least every African-American school here. It's, it's vital. I don't give a damn if it's elementary. I don't care if it's middle. I don't care if it's high. It's vital. Because they need it. 
And think about it. You don't never know who you inspire. Right. Like them cheering. When I did Callaway shit, they was like, I'm going to be like her, bro. <laughs> no, you're not. You're gonna be better than me. You don't scribe to be me. Be you, in your own way. And it was like, yeah, I get that. I get that. But you're so cool. And I was like, I asked my nephew that. I, I, be, I don't even like kids. I be like, what you, what to me? And they gravitate to me. And I be like, my nephew say, Kendra, my oldest nephew say, it's just the conversation. It's just mm-hmm. like I can feel. I can feel where they coming from. Like. They can talk to you, and you treat them. You don't treat them no different. Like even if they're younger than you, I was like, no, cause I once was in your shoes. So, right. I, I I identify with that. I identify with that. That's why I talk to my nieces and other kids I come across like that people, not like that children. Right. Because they are people. <laughs> you and know. you never know the impression you leaving on somebody. Right. Like you never. I don't know. I laugh at I laugh at the the mentor that I was talking about who I had did that overbound with. She's like, I'm just so happy. Excuse me of the woman that you're turning into. And I was like, Hmm. You know you had a little something to do with this though, right? <laughs> like, and she was like, No, I didn't. I'm like, Yeah, you kind of did. So it definitely doing overbound was kind of the best thing I could have ever done. So you see the mirror in that. You yeah. see the importance. Of, yeah. of the mentor now. Well, I mean, I definitely see it, but I think I, I identify with it. But I was like, like I said, you don't, you don't take things, and I feel like children like that this, nowadays too. You don't take what they say serious until you're forced to have to look at it. So it's like something as a teacher would tell me, "Oh, you gonna see this work again? <laughs> Whatever." And then you get a call. <laughs> Damn, she said I won't do this again, and I'm looking right at the same thing I, I said I'm gonna never see no more. So it's it's funny to me how life kind of correlates, and I don't know. I, I feel like I always say I'm trying to find my purpose, but I somehow I always find myself doing something to inspire somebody.